Hey guys, welcome back to the IkeCast. This is Chris, and I'm with my co-host as always, Ike. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. Um, I just wanted to uh, apologize for last week, or at least the last couple of um, sessions. I was, uh, just because of the upheaval in my own household, I wasn't using the regular equipment, and uh, as a result, you know, our podcasts were a bit spotty. Uh, I'm not sure, Chris, if you had an opportunity to upload our podcast last week. I know that, yeah, I was going in and out excessively, and I think you might have even made the executive decision to yeah i mean last week yeah last week uh thankfully you know it's like it was it was it was in and out Uh, i chose against it mainly because even i thought that the topics were very limited um you know it's just you know we were stuck sort of like on that train of afghanistan thought and i think so far the news cycle has has gotten out of that uh you know has gotten out of afghanistan for so far and um sort of like the the new hotness right is to look at go back to basics and uh you know in our triumphant return you know back uh back to full strength i really want to go at what started this podcast which was COVID 19. you know we started this you know as a response to COVID 19 you know talking about some misinformation that was out there in the early days about the nature of the virus about the nature of how it spread and now we're in sort of like final stage COVID uh reaction which is now misinformation about uh, you know, not just COVID-19, but uh, now uh, the vaccines that are being used to help limit the spread. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it is it is it is our goal to keep this, I think, not just succinct, but also in t- like trying to keep everything correct. Like, let's 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 do as best as we can to to tell this information and sort of go behind the, the context of it all historical and current. And so, I mean, now that we're in the vaccine period, yep. right, let's talk about, you know, vaccines. And we, we've talked about them before in a more roundabout sense. But this time, I think we have enough data, we have enough time with the vaccines to have a generally good understanding of it. Now, I think general, one of the problems is, you know, all throughout COVID is that they, they treat every single little thing as like the, the most... Uh, up-to-date information and uh, nothing it, it can't be wrong right like they right. like there's a lot of people who think that for some reason yeah the uh, the information has to be a hundred percent the whole time you can't learn new information you can't adjust your opinion based on new evidence right um, that's how science works you gotta constantly adjust to figure out what is correct uh, right but something right. that we see here as a problem is the vaccine misinformation uh, that is going around and it is largely done in a way that we understand you know there has been vaccine misinformation all throughout the united states even before COVID. right, right. um yeah i mean there was anti-vaxxers um yeah. that existed before the COVID vaccines had come up i mean i think that's one of the reasons why they you know we were seeing a spike in uh you know um a lot of the diseases that had been eradicated was because they're you know the vaccine efforts that had existed in the past and now you have a more you know a larger population not believing the vaccines attributing uh, vaccines to um, birth defects and learning disabilities and stuff like that so and you you know and a lot of misinformation the misinformation is getting disseminated through you know a lot of social media right uh, yeah. facebook was a 
is a huge platform when it comes to the dissemination of misinformation and you reach a you reach a such a broad spectrum of um, individuals and audience and you just need you know and it you know just at something going viral is exponentially increased um, that didn't happen you know in the in the 30s 40s and 50s um, 60s 70s and 80s for that matter right uh, so I think the dissemination of false information is what is also propagating this huge uh, amount of anti-vaxxers and or anti-vaccine um, yeah, positions. I mean, I mean, originally, like I remember the anti-vax, um, you know, momentum, you know, anti-measles, anti-mumps sort of vaccination things that that popped up in the United States. We see it actually all over the developed world where, uh, you know, uh, people who are obviously not doctors think that they understand anything about medicine, Um, right? And I'm not saying that, you know, all doctors are always right. I'm well aware that being a doctor is looking at a series of symptoms and trying to put, you know, the puzzle together and sometimes getting it wrong. Right. Yeah, but um, I think, Chris, that can be said in any other profession. I mean, that's yeah. the same in a legal profession, right? Yeah. It's yeah. You, you are limited by the information you have. Uh, right. Yeah. And so I'm not I'm not aggressive against against doctors making wrong claims. What I am wondering, though, is a lot of this vaccine misinformation is coming from right fringe doctors, fringe activists, individuals like uh, I remember. Uh, do you remember Demon Seaman? Uh, the um yeah Uh, yeah like that sort of stuff and it's being taken seriously it's been giving airtime by the media and it is not being combated by um you know like as misinformation now i i want to bring something up mainly about the first amendment Mm -hmm. um involving misinformation you have there's a right to lie to people you do have a right to be full of shit right you do have Mm -hmm. a right to all these sort of things um, however, the First Amendment as an absolute right is a very American thing. Right. Right. Uh, throughout the rest of the developed world, it is not an absolute right. It is a qualified right. Even in the United States, it is a qualified right. You can't yell fire in a crowded you know, theater because, uh, you know, there is actual risk to causing, you know, harm. Um, you know, with that in mind. Yeah. You, know, you know, that there is recommended limitations right all freedoms have right. recommended limitations so that you know people don't get you know, harmed in in unforeseeable ways or that more importantly that you like direct effects of violence are it, like should that be a, a free speech issue right we, we right. obviously have come to the conclusion that you're not allowed to use direct threats of violence yeah. right even though it's just purely speech um like we have common sense you know, limitations on, you know, these, the idea of absolute, you know, rights. Yeah. Uh, with that in mind, um, I live in Canada, Commonwealth, uh, you know, uh, jurisdiction, uh, like England, uh, free speech is incredibly qualified. And so like Holocaust denial, while not a crime in the United States, is a crime in the United Kingdom, is a crime in Canada, because there is a common sense approach to, okay, there is not... There is not this, this, like, there has to be, like, this level in which you can examine very, very clearly that, yes, this is full of shit, and you're not allowed to lie to people about this because the harm it creates is greater than, you know, your the protection of your rights. Yeah. Right? 
And that's and the United States is not something that will ever or it's not a jurisdiction that will ever examine that uh, they're free speech absolutists. Um, you know, it, it's as clear as it can get. With that in mind, we need to do everything that we can to combat that. Right? It, it leaves it in the hands of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, while we cannot ban, you know, speech that we find, you know, problematic, right? We should be able to ban in our own ways, not like you know physically, but like the use of consequence culture. Like people call it cancel culture. Yeah. Right, but it's it's something that we've seen throughout history. I mean, conservatives have been doing it throughout history, and the, you know, it's like that. What is McCarthyism in the fifties? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I'm 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 perfectly willing to examine all of that and, and see it for what it is, which is problematic, and that we need to we need to ensure that you know certain things are protected, and but you know, bad actors can be combated in a way that you know gives them consequence. Should the government be responsible for those consequences? Not at all. That belongs in the realm of people, right? And so doing mm-hmm. our part in this, let's talk about the vaccine misinformation that is out there. Specifically, you know, all of the things that the vaccines can and cannot do and all the, you know, like bull surrounding everything that they're, they're doing. And more importantly, mandates. People have this weird, like, you know, assumption that, you know, like vaccine mandates are somehow wrong they're not new like they're this new encroachment by the the federal government by somehow this is a big lie right as big as big a lie as the election was stolen uh vaccine mandates have existed in the united states forever uh they exist for public schools uh religious um there has been use of religious exemptions uh more and more recently for the anti-vaxxers but that's sort of falling apart um you know uh but on the big side, what we're seeing, if we really pull back and look at it all, right, what we're seeing is that people fundamentally do not have the tools to examine bullshit. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, well, we said this before, yeah. um, that it's, you know, you need to have this desire developed to analyze the issues, and most people are unwilling to, to take that time and effort and energy. Yeah, and I don't blame them. You know, it's, it's very difficult to be absolutely right on everything. And, you know, even in this modern age where information is at the, the touch of your fingers, right? There's plenty of means to get you bullshit out there and almost impossible ways for you to figure out what is and what isn't true. Um, the way around this is, you know, fact checking. Uh, however, people yeah. love their own facts, uh, alternative facts being what they are, right? Um, yeah. I mean, that was like, that's something that like the biggest oxymoron in history, alternative facts, uh, as opposed to what, you know, uh, yeah. you know, uh, alternative lies, <laughs> but right. And that was coined by, wasn't that coined by Kellyanne Conway? Yes. Uh, Kellyanne, yeah. That was the alternative facts. There's no such thing as alternative facts. It is yeah. a fact. If it exists, there's no alternative to it. There might be interpretations of it. But that's not an alternative fact. Yeah. And so that's a that's a alternative perception. Exactly. But how do we like to combat this? Right. What do we do? The answer is quite simple. We examine every single claim and we refute it. Right. Now, I don't have all the claims because I'm not going to go and try to muddy my own mind with with, you know, insanity. But what I will go to the big one, which is vaccine mandates, which are now the new hotness. What is going on and should they be allowed to do this? reality is this has always happened 
and you know uh, the, the the example that I bring up is of course the uh, well it, it's it's a well-known example but it's an example that that people don't really talk about uh, all too often which is the founding fathers George mm-hmm. Washington issued a vaccine mandate um, it's not crazy to say that yeah uh, during the Revolutionary War smallpox was a major issue right getting soldiers inoculated for smallpox probably is what led to the american revolution being as successful as it was right if your majority of your army is sick from a debilitating disease like smallpox you're not going to win fights right Right. the the british empire had vaccine mandates uh you know they they had they tried everything that they could in order to inoculate their soldiers why because an army that fights is an army that wins yeah right soldiers in the modern day right have to take every single vaccine under the sun even if they don't know what it is right right they're given every single cocktail out there right for their own sake for their protection uh i mean for it, it is insanity to me right that people are unwilling to do common sense fixes yeah that can help everyone and themselves now what i what my question is for the future Right. You know, as these vaccine mandates occur, as more and more things become. As, as more information comes out, what are we going to do about, you know, those who are actively. Who, who are actively lying. Right. Because I'll give you an example. One of the major things going on right now is, of course, vaccine mandates for the federal government. All right. Yeah. Federal, federal workers, contractors will have to be vaccinated as per um you know uh government uh regulations right right it is it's not new this is a a well-established sort of um this is a well-established sort of thing that you know if you want to work for the government you got to like pass certain government requirements and you know this is a good way to ensure that a lot of people get vaccinated right um there are a lot of bureaucrats in the federal government who are you know political who are partisans who have uh you know, specific beliefs that run contrary to the public good. Um, and getting, forcing them to get vaccinated, right? Which is a mandate. Yeah. It's a force. It's a, it, it's forcing you to do something. Forcing you to do this has been shown to get people on that fence to jump up and actually do it. Yeah. I, and um, we come to this because of uh, uh, the executive order that Biden had um, just passed on Thursday, right? Uh, and and it is a yes, it's uh, it's related to any of the uh, federal contractors, but federal contractors who work with private companies or private companies are getting um, regulated to some degree. But you have to look at okay, what was the reasoning behind it, right? And yes. um, and there is sufficient case law that says that you know that um, Biden, in with his executive orders, has legal standing to impose these restrictions um, and these mandates. And you know, putting aside that um, vaccination mandates have happened, this isn't a new thing that just came under um, Biden, as you rightfully pointed out, George Washington had a vaccine mandate for the smallpox. I mean, it has existed um, even prior to the independence of this country, right? Yeah. Um, the British Empire did it. 
when it was the British Empire. So, so you have you have this history of vaccinations and mandates, and this is not new. So, uh, absolutely, the argument that oh, this is unconstitutional, or this has never been done, it's it's yep. incorrect. It's another lie, another fabrication. And unfortunately, you know, um, people do not read or try to investigate and uh, they'll take that for, for what it is. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, you know, it's just been two days, but there have been, um, there have been a number of, uh, GOP leaders and put that in quotes who have already issued, uh, condemnation for the mandate and have said they're going to be fighting it. But there's legal scholars who are saying that, you know what? Nope. It's Biden actually has the law behind him on this one. Yeah. It's, um, it, yeah. People who don't understand the law will try to make arguments that, that, yeah, you know, by this is, this is an encroachment. However, yeah. public health has always been a nice and effective means for, uh, to, 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 to combat and, and do essentially what you want. Wartime powers and public health crises have been, you know, used in the past to, you know, essentially, you know, do a lot of what people would think is extreme things, right? Right. But right. it is for public health has always been in that area of like, hey, we need to do whatever it takes. Right. Um, when it comes to these vaccine mandates, it has been it, it like as time has gone on um, it, within Canada, uh, while it's not a vaccine mandate, it's sort of like a pseudo vaccine mandate, the creation of vaccine passports, as they call them. I want to use the actual term an immunization record to which everyone has. If you have taken any vaccine, you have an immunization record, right, yeah. which you submit to whatever thing that you need to in order to, you know, get something done. Uh, schools right, for require our benefit. Yeah, yeah, for your benefit. Um, schools still require you know if you're um uh, just you know if i can um i mean i here in the united states each school board if you're a student um if you're a student coming from abroad right families moved here students require your vaccination record to see what you where you what you have been vaccinated with and if you do not have the vaccines that they require you are you are required to get a vaccine those vaccines before you can uh, you can be enrolled in um, the local schools. Uh, when you register your child, I, you know, I believe you have to provide a vaccine record for your child before they're enrolled. Yeah. It, it, it's one of those clear examples of, you know, people with their privilege thinking, you know, like this is, this is beyond the pale. And not real and not checking themselves and going like you you're i see this all the time here um you know like in in more rural conservative areas people go like you don't have to do this like, like you how often do you travel outside right you're just lucky that you're born in a first world nation where they assume that you're not stupid where they assume that you have access to good medicine right they don't mm -hmm. ask you for your yellow card but if you were going to other nations they'd ask you for your yellow card if you were coming from senegal Right? There's a yellow card in your passport with all of your vaccines. Right? It's because they don't trust them. Chris, um, let me tell you, you know what, when you're migrating to the US, you have to have, you have to undergo a medical exam. And part of the medical exam is listing the vaccines that you do have. There's a list of mandatory required vaccines 
that you have to have before you're approved. And if you don't have them, you have to get them. And that is put in your medical exam, uh, medical exam record that you have obtained these. And that medical exam at USCIS then um, does upload it into a database, I'm pretty sure, right? So it's, if you wanna become a permanent resident green card holder, you know, um, in the United States, you have to go through a medical exam and you have to show and establish that you have received the vaccine. And FYI, a vaccine that is now required is the COVID vaccine. Yeah, and it makes perfect sense. We have reached a new, we're in this new part of the world, right? We're in unprecedented, we're in, we're in times where people think like the, this, something like this has never occurred before. Not only has it occurred before, you know, we had to fight against it. And thankfully we were successful. Yeah. But, you know, people in their, I, I call it people in selfishness. Howard Stern said it perfectly uh, very recently when he was talking about vaccines. He goes like, you know, people and their rights and their freedoms, fuck their freedoms. What about my freedom to live? Yeah. Right. And, well, we've said that too, right? Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, we had this conversation, myself and Bones with some friends and, um, I, you know, and three of us were vaccinated fully. One doesn't want to be uh, for own, their own choices. I, I think a lot of, you know, the choices are a result of, um, you know, the misinformation out there that the vaccines have been properly tested, that there's going to be a lot of delayed reaction. You know, most vaccines... Uh, you know, have been have gone through like numerous clinical trials for years and years and years, and this one was done just within a matter of six months. I think what doesn't get explained is that the the process that was used for the vaccines had been tested in other areas for years and years and years, and after SARS, there was extensive testing and clinical trials on a um, on a possible vaccine or um, a treatment and because they had been extensive um, research it was you know they were able to tweak in order to um, submit the submit at least the initial proposals I think um, I think moderna and Pfizer you know already I think, Within, if I remember correctly, I think it was last year that I read, within like, um, I think it was within a couple of days, they had, they had the framework that they needed. You know, they'd already identified how the inoculation was going to happen. Yeah. Right? Like it was very fast. And then it was, so, uh, it was a matter of submitting it to um, the FDA and the CDC for review and then doing the clinical trials and yeah. testing the efficacy of it. Yeah, I mean, so what you're talking about specifically is the technology of the mRNA, Yeah. right? mRNA technology has been around with us for the better part of almost three decades. Yeah. Right, um, this technology is not new, but it has never been used in this scenario yet, right? We finally right. have reached the point where they've used it and it is, it is amazing its effectiveness. Right. Um, will there be need for a booster? I have no doubt. Uh, is this a new flu? Um, yeah. Sure. It's a little bit new, deadly flu. 
but you know we're like we were like we were waiting for the super flu to come you know yeah there has been talk a long time about oh when is this super flu going to come this 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 new you know thing that's going to wipe a whole bunch that's going to be you know thing or whatever what about the antibiotic resistant bacterium and all that we're reaching we're going to reach those points Mm -hmm. right and mrna has been shown to be a very very effective quick and efficient delivery system to ensure that you know that the viral load and more importantly inoculations can go in in a way that effectively you know that will give you effective protection and remember protection is not against you know like getting sick people have like you know it's like the people think that the goalpost is moving no the goalpost has always been very very consistent we want to stop and reduce the risk of serious hospitalization and death that has always yeah. been the that has always been the goal right you cannot stop people from getting sick you can still get sick on the flu shot yeah right yeah this yeah. is not new but we have to you know stop and reduce the chances of worse outcomes how do yeah. we get around that well the the effect and the simple truth has been to you know, get people as many people vaccinated as we can build that herd immunity. Remember, we heard that early in the pandemic. We need to get that herd immunity. Right. Right. And in order to get that, we need maximum. We need maximum efficacy of vaccines, which we have shown that they are quite eff effective. And more importantly, we need to ensure that there is wide adoption. Yeah. Now, there is wide adoption in in in, in, in many states. In many, uh, in, when I say states, as in like you know sovereign states like uh, Canada and, and, and things like that, not the United States. Yeah. Uh, there has been wide adoption in many places. Um, I'm not sure, but I want to know what is the metric in the future to allow for, um, to 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 essentially allow for the ending of these lockdowns. Right? At what point? At what percentage of people does there need to be? uh inoculated for us to have a half decent you know like end the lockdowns we're, we're good right to get all these other people's you know uh out of it right yeah um i know things constantly move on the fly but this is one of those things that is is a political issue rather than a medical one you're going to have to you know come to terms with the fact that you know some people are just unwilling to you know examine the risks or unwilling to you know reduce their own uh personal freedoms for the sake of you know whatever their feelings are i mean we uh you know the, the crowd that is facts over feelings doesn't want to listen to the facts that they're kind of crazy on this one mm -hmm. um but that is our goal we need to push and keep on pushing so that we reach uh, a, a point where there's enough vaccines and enough people's arms that we're good that we can now move away from the need for lockdowns, that we can open things up and leave things like masks to personal choice. Now, the issue that arises is that children has still not been able to take a lot of the vaccines, right? right. The, the under 12s. And school season is coming. Uh, school season's here, actually, right? I don't know what yeah. it's like in other parts of the world. I, I don't even know what it's like over here, um, you know, because I've been out of school for so long and, you know, I have no one who's in Well, I, I can tell you that, you know, um, here in the States, um, all of the schools are back. There's live... Um, live uh, teaching there they don't have any remote learning anymore um but they are requiring um so those schools where they're i i think it's if you're over 12 you can get vaccinated now uh, if you're over 12 they're requiring vaccination if not then i think um they're you're not allowed back into school 
Uh, I mean, it makes perfect sense uh, because schools and their vaccine mandates have always been a thing. Right? Yeah, but the incredible, like, and, you know, there's um, there's also been, you know, with the new school season. I mean, you heard it last year or last school semester, right? Uh, around March or April where, you know, some parents were sending their their sick child who who was test who had tested positive to school, yeah, and then became a super spreader, right? Uh, and then you have um, states like Florida who are banning uh, mask mandates that their local school districts are doing. And I love the. Uh, it's it's like gonna, it's yeah. it's bloody insane, right? It's yeah, like you're this... saying you can't ban. There's a ban on mask mandates, but shouldn't the school district be allowed to determine whether or not? It... I love the. So this I want to touch on further with another story that actually we didn't list for this episode, but I just remembered it's an incredibly important one, uh, one that is has so many nuances and a lot of people are in and out on what it is, which is the Texas abortion ban, but mm-hmm. um, uh, talking about that that Florida you know mask mandate ban, one thing that I want to to sort of bring into focus there is that. Remember, this is the crowd of personal choice, personal freedom, right? Yeah. And small yeah. government, right? But what? But you're not allowed to have that if you're a woman, uh, to choose what happens to your own body. Precisely, right? Like this Fuck is that. exactly this is that that group that group of individuals who who are all about personal choice and freedom for their group, for their you know um it's it's the Handmaid's Tale you know perfect thing. It's like all we wanted to do was create a better world, right? And and the, the the answer is better means better for some and worse for others. Yeah. Right. And but that's the thing, right? It's, it's about levels of control, right? It's about nothing more uh, than than control than trying to stay to this ideological and very partisan narrative that and then you know feeding into insanity, feeding into the fact that yeah there are plenty of dum dums out there, <laughs> right? I, I right. you know who who. You know, will come up and say this. They'll come up with the weirdest things and provide no evidence, right? And think you're you're some sort of weird shill or you're some sort of thing. You have people who are self-proclaimed dum dums, like Joe Rogan, right? Yeah. Whom, you know, will come out and you know say stupid things and misquote stuff all the time, and then fall back on the excuse of I'm an idiot. You shouldn't be listening to me. Yeah. Right? And yeah. I agree. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Why are you? It's like, listen. If you want to listen to Joe Rogan, listen to him on the things that he can talk about. Right, you know, MMA or you know, he's got a guest on who's talking about stuff. But if you want some advice, don't listen to a guy who doesn't have a medical degree, right? Yeah. And when you do yeah. listen to a guy who's got a medical degree, make sure he's not crazy. Make sure that it hasn't been like you know taken away, or that it's not from some weird school in the middle of nowhere, and that just so happened to get its accreditation here. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But so yeah, when the the mandates are not new, they're effective. They're not, and, and they're needed because let's face it, you know what. Anybody who wanted to get a vaccine had gotten it by June. I I think they were, you know, they had wanted to administer 100 shots, 100 million shots by March. Uh, Within the first 90 days, they reached it like several weeks before, right? Yeah, they almost got to 200 million. They almost doubled it. Yeah, we almost doubled it, right? But now... The rest are the people who didn't want, who, who didn't take it the first time. And, you know, some are feeling pressured, I think, you know, from family and friends who've, who've gotten, gotten it. Others, you know, now with the, 
more um, extreme variants like the Delta variant, right? A lot of the variants that are a lot more harsher. There's a new one that's come out of South America, Peru, and a couple other countries where it's been happening is the the Mu variant, MU. Yeah. Right. Like I mean, there's huge amounts of uh, they're, they're happening, right? And um, you know, I was I was watching a it was a it was a it was a healthcare or a health official out of California who was terminated because she was the you know she had started seeing pandemic when it was first when it first was was not even like generating any um, any interest or any concerns. Yeah, in the early right? days, yeah. In the really early days, I mean, she says, you know, she was saying that um, we have at least a one to three, one year to three years, at least, of continuing this kind of stuff happening because we weren't able to contain it to begin with because, you know, countries were not exercising the mandates that needed to, you know, there's so much resistance to it. Um, and now we're, you know, you're, we're looking at another one to two, one to three years because there's variants that are happening. Yeah, and this is, you know, I, there's personal choice, there's personal freedoms, and then there's just downright selfishness. And I think at this point it's that selfishness, which has resulted in us continuing to experience these, you know, having more of the variants. So, you know, we're still in the, uh, you know, when I go out, I just recently traveled and um, in the airports, you have to wear a mask, right? The only time you're not wearing a mask is if you're, if you're drinking something or you're eating something. Yeah. Right. Um, but it was, it was insane is because, you know, everybody's wearing a mask in the airport. Where's your yeah. personal freedom there? I mean, airports are the example of like, you know, there is very, very strict rules that yeah. limit all of your freedoms, uh, you know, uh, for the sake of protection, for the sake of security. It's, it's, right. it is, it, it, it's that perennial thing, right? Freedom versus security. Those who sacrifice freedom for security, you know, deserve neither freedom of security from uh, America's well-known uh, slaver who also didn't like slavery, uh, Thomas Jefferson. Uh, I, yeah. Thomas Jefferson is one of my favorite figures only in that he is a walking contradiction. <laughs> right, right. Right. And, yeah. and, you know, examining you, Thomas Jefferson is one of those guys who is like, like the sort of like Republican, not even a Republican. I mean, he created the, the Democratic Party, as I understand. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. And so but like he like he, he's one of those very early, you know, anti, you know, um, you know, Federalist individuals. Right. Right. And yet, like in this modern age, he'd be looking at all the insanity of it all. Yeah. Right. Um, what can I say? Um, but yeah, the, 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 the vaccine mandates are clear and the and their effectiveness and the vaccine effectiveness is, is amazing. We need to ensure that as many people get it and that we need to ensure that, you know, people don't fall victim to insanity and lies and misinformation. Now, right. something that I definitely want to uh, touch on as well is... Uh, this, as we mentioned earlier, the Texas abortion ban, which yeah. to me is just um, the Texas abortion ban to me but, is, oh, okay, you want to continue with something first? No, no, no. You go ahead. I had a thought, but I'm going to let you finish and then I'm going to 
No, no, go ahead. I, I have my thing already done. So what okay. was your thought? Okay, so what I, my thought was, was, okay, so the Texas abortion ban, it's really interesting, right? Because here's the thing is, um, you can, you can sue the, you could sue the, 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 you know, the, the government, because, you know, and um, take it all the way to the Supreme Court in reference to the unconstitutionality of it, right? Um, because the you as a citizen have standing, but it's really interesting what they did with the with the U.S. Um, abortion law. What they did was they didn't they took the liability, yeah, right, away from a government official. Yeah, I mean, or exposure to the government officials. So, the exposure is to private citizens. Yeah, so I mean, that's something that I want to directly talk about. So, yeah, the the, the Texas abortion ban, which is one of the most strictest in the United United yeah. States at this moment, right? Is um, is a clear overstepping of the of of Texas to essentially limit the rights guaranteed by Roe v. Wade, right? That yeah. seminal privacy. Uh, you know, case about privacy, that very, very seminal case. Um, and and almost foolishly, right, what has occurred is that we have... It's, for, for the, you know, for, for the group of, like, personal responsibility and, like, hey, you know, you don't, don't mess with my rights, you know, like, they're all about, you know, taking the right way, the rights of others. Now... Yeah, this is, like, had made in shit. Yeah, I mean, so the the abortion issue is in and of itself, you know, one fraught with, with issues. Mainly that, you know, ideologically, it comes from two very very specific uh, things. One of the things that is very very specific is that, you know, it, it's it's always about the question of where does life begin. Scientifically, it uh, it begins at birth for one very very simple reason, right? It begins there. Because how would you classify miscarriages? Are those unintended abortions, right? Mm-hmm. Like th- there are legal issues that arise when you essentially criminalize, um, you know, the death of a fetus before it is born. Right. So let's, um, if we can, step back, Chris, for yeah. you know maybe thirty seconds. So the the Texas new abortion plan it bans abortions at approximately six weeks from the patient's last menstrual period mm. okay and the enforcement of the law rests with private citizens not with government okay and, so and yeah, it's deputizing private citizens so you know crazy you know fanatic religious nut could come and you know enforce this law but Here's here's the thing is um, you're not a woman so you can't speak to this. Nope. I am so I can. <laughs> okay. Um, you know it, it's that um, six weeks from patient's last menstrual period. Guess what? Not every woman is regular every twenty one days. Some yes, are on twenty seven day cycle, and some sometimes skip a month. Because uh, that's just the way their body is. I mean, AOC okay. had, a, had a great uh, thing about this, which is six weeks, anything can cause that. Stress, change in yeah, diet. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Change in diet, right. Aging. Aging, yeah. Anything <laughs> okay. can Aging. cause that. How It's like right? just because and, you're late doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you're pregnant. 
<laughs> right. But here's it. And I'm going to ask this too. What about, you know, women who have to have IUDs for medical reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're, tr- they're stopping, um, you know, con- conception from the very beginning, right? Like, yeah. like where does it end? Like they've taken absolute control and you know, who the fuck are you to tell me as a woman, what I can or cannot do? very very it's very clear and i'm in my 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 opinion on this is that scientifically it is not it is a non-issue right yeah uh ideologically it is also a non-issue if you don't believe in it you don't have to fucking do it yeah right 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 why are you you know fucking nazifying and like taking the option away for others right yeah. why are you limiting the freedom of others the point of freedom is that you have a choice right yeah. You, you don't have to. That's what the pro-choice argument is. It, the, there's a reason why they framed it as pro-choice and not like pro, like, you know, murdering fetuses or whatever the fuck they want to call it. Right. It, but it, and it it's is, not, it. yeah, it's, it's you not. have the right as a woman to choose yeah. what is best for you. Yes, absolutely. Through and okay. through. It is not, it is not insane, right. To, to look at this and go like, Hey, listen, if you're against it, then be against it. You don't need to do it yourself and you can preach it in your in your things and continue to preach it. What I have a problem with is the individuals who are like, guess what? Not only are we are against it, but we're against anyone else having it. In fact, you know, the, these are the type of homies who, you know, like, like the homies who will bomb like an abortion clinic. Those are the guys you got to worry about, right? Yeah. You know, like the, the psychopaths and the people who, and I mean, going back to the law, right? The issue of like really fundamentally the issue of standing, right? this weird thing where now anyone has freaking standing to to comment on um and 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 criminalize right not just people who have abortions after six weeks but like the uber driver who took you there or some other thing right like anything right like what what gives these people fucking standing so I'm going to, okay, so I'm going to propose something, right? And I, I think this is where creative legal maneuvering or legal arguments have to take place, right? Mm-hmm. So um, what the law does is it, you know, um, uh, the enforceability is through civil, laws, civil lawsuits, right? And I think um, they've got it, you know, built in that uh, the person who wins, right, the plaintiff, the defendant, the, the winning party gets 10000 um bonus <laughs> cash reward right for being yeah. successful but i want to propose this you know um chris when it comes to asylum laws right yeah you need to, and yeah asylum when you when you file for asylum here right you need to establish that you're being persecuted mm-hmm. okay it's your person you're being persecuted and persecution is by the government or private citizens who are sanctioned by the government yeah Right. So if you are deputizing um, private citizens to act in a manner that should be, act, you know, that historically has been a uh, it has been an act that's done enforcement that has been done through a governmental sanctioned, um, uh, you know, department then, you know, if you use the logic of the asylum laws, um, I think this 
you know, the, the constitutionality of this, I think that's the argument that needs to be made is just like in asylum, when we give asylum or grant asylum to those seeking refuge, you know, asylum within our borders, uh, because against not only government persecution, but private individuals who are sanctioned by the government, I think that same string of logic can be applied to this. It's a matter of, you know, being able to, to, to put it forth when there is an actual case. Yeah, uh, I think that's they're they're, uh, they're you know what? Yeah, turning as I've seen many people saying it, turning you know the 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 populace into little attorney generals, right? Acting on behalf of the state for yeah. enforcement through civil procedure seems yeah. rife for constitu- constitutional mis- misuse. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So I am I am just waiting for this to be taken to the court, and I'm yeah. waiting for the Supreme Court, which will have to take this, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, say what you want. They're going to take this. And I mean, right now, they, they've so far not decided to not uh, examine the issue, saying, you know, Texas, you do you. Um, uh, but I have no doubt this will come come to blows. I mean, there is an actual Mississippi law that will be heading to the Supreme Court, right, which actively is trying to get rid of Roe v. Wade. Right. Right. Um, and for that, there's going to be a lot of trying to help take that down. And it's going to be coming at the worst possible time for the Republicans. In the mid, like, yeah. say, say what you want. If, if social issues, right, are the, the key factor, right, taking place to examine, uh, sorry, that, 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 are, that are, if the social war, right, and the social issues are, are the key sort of like political, you know, focus, right, of this area, we're going to see the 2222 tw- like sort of midterms be a lot different because they're going to yeah. go like yo what the hell right like this is what the republican wants this texas level thing yeah right and and that's the thing that people are going to have to have to do they're going to have to they're going to like this is politically like the biggest gift to biden right because you push it away from covid you push away from that you go back to the culture war which the republicans love using whether it's yeah. dr zeus or whatever now bring in the other issue abortion something that majority of americans are like okay with the current status quo anything yeah. else like handmaid's tale has pushed the needle on this sort of thing right where people see like it literally has become the new sort of like um the new sort of visual metaphor for you know the things that we're facing now with modern conservatism right i think chris also um with with laws like this i i think the question of standing um comes up right i i think the law tries to to say everybody has standing right but yeah no not everybody can have standing and i think you know what it may end up being that you know the the whole um concept of standing and who has standing is going to become more restrictive but you know at the basic level uh you know the and you know it's who has standing to sue right who has the right or ability to sue and so that term is standing and there's there's three elements to that particular uh, you know whether or not one has standing right that the courts have to have to um you know analysis that the courts need to do one is the um the per, you know the person you know um you know one i'm sorry uh, let me step back one is that a person has to have suffered an actual injury 
Okay. So when you say I have standing, you have to say I suffered an actual injury. This is the injury, right? Causation. The injury to me, the plaintiff was caused by you, the party that I'm suing. Okay. That, so that's the, your, what you did immediately caused an injury to me. So that's why I can sue you. Right. And the third, Part of it is redressability. And because of that injury, I deserve some sort of compensation. Okay. Compensation could be a prohibition prohibition on a, on a future act. It could be a monetary. Uh, and, you know, the, the law is trying to give the redressability like, okay, you're going to get $10,000 in cash if you win, right? Yeah. But the injury, in fact, and the causation, those two elements you still have to. If you're Joe Blow on down the block, right, has nothing to do with my life, learn that I'm pregnant and that I'm thinking of having an abortion, according to the Texas law, you can come to me and you can sue me not to, yeah. right, and stop me. But hang on, I'm not hurting you. Why the fuck do you have standing what was the injury? What what is my decision? How does my decision injure you? And what is that injury? Yeah, and where are the damages? Right. And where are the damages exactly? So I think you know that's 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 the that's where yeah. you know you and have to hammer it in and make it fail. Yeah, I th- I think our opinion on this is very clear. There's just one last thing that I want to touch on, which is the part of the law which has no carve out. Um, you know, the, the simplest sort of like gimme to the to the left, a carve out for, hey, um, if you have, um, if, you know, rape and incest carve outs, right? Right. Uh, and this for, doesn't have it, right? Yeah, this does not have it even for uh, after the six week bar. So with that in mind, without this carve out, it is so regressive, so restrictive. And Governor Abbott's uh, of Texas, his um, his response is, uh, well, we'll just stop rapists before it happens. <laughs> right? Oh, really? Because you've been doing that so well and all like, this time, and motherfucker. I, yeah, and I and I pause and I go like, what? It's like it's like, and you stopped it. Before. It just boils my mind, you know, when men say shit like that. Yeah, no, this is this is this. Is, I mean, boils my butt, <laughs> not my mind. You know what I mean? Whatever it, it is, makes, makes brain... my head pop. Yeah. <laughs> boils my blood. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And no, so what can I say? These these individuals and their, you know, their their take right on all this, and more importantly, their their need to control. Because this is what, like what other point of this is control, right? And right. Like, you know, these these pro life types are like they're not really pro life. They're pro birth. After that, they say you know fuck you, you know. It's like hey, uh, universal health care <laughs> for those kids, you know, uh, free education for those kids. You know, like making sure that they're all protected under this. Oh, no, they don't care after they're born. Yeah. They don't care care after after, they're born. Yeah. Yeah. And then those who bring in religious justification for their beliefs, you know, such as the Bible is against it. I'm telling you right now, you probably haven't read the Bible. The Bible is all for abortion. (laughs) Right. There are specific passages in Leviticus which state that if a wife cheats on her husband, the priest or the rabbi, shall give her a herb and if the baby is in fact uh, from uh, you know infidelity it will swell up and die all right in her belly this is in the bible this is totally legit guess what bible's all for it right this is a modern thing brought about by weird ass christian puritanical beliefs zealots precisely right zealots who want to control it's always been about control right and the first right. thing that you do is you you 
you you you you make it so that like people i love how here's the thing if you want to like bring this in and like go 100 percent right and say guess what not only yeah you no abortions you got to have the baby what about the, the other side of the party right you know it's like why is it that the consequence is only on one individual right uh, the reality is it is on one individual right but what about the man involved in this right where is yeah. their responsibilities now right if you want right. to make it nice and easy just like say guess what now you got responsibilities you can't you can't go off there's criminal charges against it you know deadbeat dads that's illegal now right because we've made it so that you know kids have to be born right but no that's not gonna be a problem for these guys because remember the law is not about them it's not about yeah. men right no it's about women right it doesn't stop i'm men restricting from doing women exactly it just restricts women and that's the thing right you want to get into the equality you know start start hitting men on it right the minute you start doing that right making you know vasectomies illegal or some bullshit or whatever you're gonna have you just have people going like oh no screw that you're not allowed to do anything with my body you know these individuals these men who are like no no my body my choice <laughs> you're gonna see a lot of that uh, um, among these men um what can i say um i i, I don't have time for insanity right i listen okay. I'm not for the idea of abortion personally, right? I get it, right. right? It's To me, it's like, it's not something that I find particularly, you know, nice. At the same time, it's not my fucking business, right? right? It's not any of my business, right? Fundamentally, my beliefs on it shouldn't have to impact someone else, right? And abortion primarily affects the poor. Yeah. Right? It is just another means to keep people down right socioeconomically and now in this case uh genders so you know just stepping away from it all you know governor abbott freaking texas you know it's like like this is the sort of thing that that moves the needle and if the culture war is something that drives people and a fear and the idea that some people are going to come for your rights like oh they're going to come for your guns we need to vote well guess what they're coming for your bodies mm -hmm. right and so i think that's the ultimate thing this is uh, like, you know, if liberals need a reason, like liberal apathy has always been a thing. You know, leftist voters have generally been apathetic and, and limited in, in coming out to the polls. Right. Well, conservative voters come out no matter what. Right. right. If right. that is truly an issue. Right. We will see them come out because this this is something that can't stand. Right. The the I am. I, I just don't know how someone how this could be allowed. Right. But then again, you know, the United States has always been battling with this weird, hardcore, puritanical Christian s segment of itself. Right. right? Yeah. Uh, and hopefully now we can see, you know, the end of that. But, you know, and the only way to see it is to is to bring it up. I want the Supreme Court to come out there and do what it does. I'm pissed that Biden didn't pack the court. You know, you want to be yeah. the new FDR. You should have done that early because, you know, Trump conservatives don't care about it. It's like yeah. there's a reason why. Like, this is not even, like, a really, realistically, like, a, a, a hardcore conservative issue. This is, like, just a dog whistle. Right. right? Yeah. You know, like, most people, like, like, the vast majority don't care. Right? But these guys do. Right? And they've found a way to essentially take away the rights of others. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry for my passion. Uh, but, you know, as a Canadian, I thought this is a very passionate for... topic. Absolutely. And I, listen, I get it. You know, it's like, hey, listen, you think, a you know, a fetus is a life. Cool. Don't have an abortion. Right. Right. Make sure you have that conversation with your significant other and partner. 
right? If you think that they shouldn't have it. At the same time, if you think that you should control whether or not they should have a kid, all right? And you, you're going to have to be on, you know, on there the whole time, right? Yeah. I am not... I, I, I'm not going to entertain, right, you know, the insanity of others. I'm not going to entertain, you know, others who seek control of others. Yeah. Right? I'm just going to let the chips fall where they may and fight against this kind of horrible, horrible action. Yeah. All right. Um, that all being said, going back to what we really need to 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 do which is get the hell out of this you know rut that we're in which is like just suit like i'm gonna tell you man we're back we're back man we're we're like we were talking about political (laughs) stuff for an hour man we're back this is what we're talking about you know the thing that gets our blood boiling and gets us raging out this is what like this is what this podcast is really about and with that all that in mind i think that we're gonna leave it to the viewers we're gonna leave it to the listeners right you know uh these topics are definitely gonna alienate people i understand uh and i understand that people are not gonna like it but you know uh, these are just our opinions and like opinions, uh, you know, they're like assholes. Everyone's got one. <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> and on that note, we're definitely moving to our happy place. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And so, yeah, getting out of this and going straight into our happy place. All right. We're going to be catching up on a lot of stuff. Some stuff that we want to talk about last week. Some stuff that we want to talk about, uh, just in general that we weren't able to get to the stuff this time, of course, is the amazing, um, how do you want to start? Do you want to go talk about Ted Lasso first? I do. Um, all right. So this time on Ted Lasso watch. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do want to talk about Ted Lasso. I have a lot. I it was, yes, let's start off Ted Lasso. Oh. We talk about, um, the green Knight, and I did watch snake. Eye. I did see it. Finally was able to see it. And, um, yeah, we can touch base and Chris, I understand exactly exactly what you mean when you talked about snake eyes the other night yeah yeah okay so um yeah i, I knew you were gonna like see what i was trying to say it's like yeah th- there's a but we'll, we'll get back to it so this yeah. time on ted lasso watch um the, oh my god this was actually an incredibly emotional episode uh and in, in, in a different it way was. it was it was yeah this um like uh, so something that i'm seeing as a general theme right mm-hmm. is is essentially fathers and father figures Right mm-hmm. within the show, there's this general sort of like father and father figure sort of dichotomy, you know, uh, sorry, uh, dichotomy going on, right? Yeah. Where what is it to be a good dad? What is it to be a bad dad? How Ted Lasso sees himself as a father figure to you know uh, people around him, to his you know players, to you know other members in the team, right? He sees this as just an aspect of his job, right? But it's something that is really weighing heavily on him. The idea that maybe he's a bad father. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's something what caused his panic attack last week was that he wasn't there for his son. Right. His son got injured mm-hmm. a bit and he, he came to this weird sort of thing where he had a panic attack, uh, you know, and something that we was revealed this time, which I didn't realize before, uh, towards the end of the episode in an emotional moment, Ted cryingly admits to, um, you know, Doc, uh, right, that his that his father committed suicide when he was 16 we heard in a previous episode uh, uh season one uh that famous dartboard scene yeah right uh where uh the the ever great uh, uh he's called rupert in this and for i knew him as rupert giles uh, uh anthony head in uh buffy right yeah uh, yeah yeah uh anthony had uh so rupert uh he you know he he has a little dart game and ted lasso confides that you know he played darts with his dad every day until his dad died when he was 16 
And we just think that his dad died. No, no, we didn't cool. know he. No, no, we didn't know his dad died when he was. He's like he always played every you know every Saturday or every Sunday he would go play darts with his dad. Yeah, no, I, I we watched the scene. He talks about his dad dying uh, when he was sixteen when his dad died. Right? Oh, okay. Like, so he does mention his dad died, right? When he was 16, like every day until uh, until he was until he was 16, and his dad died, right? It's something that he, you know, he did. But what we're seeing now on the other side of the of, of, of things is like okay. Chris. I think you're gonna have to go back and watch that dart show that dart episode because I'm pretty sure he didn't say 16. I'm trying to think. I'm doing. I'll, 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 we'll, we'll come back to it next time. All right, fact checkers <laughs> for later. Uh, okay, unless you sorry. want to pause and me run through it. Yeah, I do, actually. All right, guys. Because... All right. <laughs> okay, guys. All right. With that in mind, I've been given the, the task to pause it. We'll be back in, in in just a second with the magic of edit. And we're back. Okay, so bringing back to what we were talking about earlier, uh, just a couple of seconds ago. Uh, yeah, uh, we are now... Uh, sorry, yeah, the official line was... <laughs> Uh, did did I play darts? And his answer is yes. Every Sunday afternoon, all right, from age ten to sixteen, when my father passed away. All right. So yeah, there well you done, go. Chris. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I remember this weird esoteric thing because I was like, oh, his dad. I knew his dad died, and I was like, okay, that's whatever. He had this great relationship with his dad, right? That dart scene was that showing him. It was like he had this great relationship with his dad, and that's how he became really good at darts because he kept on practicing. But now we realize that something big happened, which is that his dad didn't pass away. His dad committed suicide. Right. Oh, okay. Yes. Right. Right. So he did pass away. We thought it was natural causes. Exactly. But it wasn't. Yeah, it, it was it was far more serious, far more dark. And and it's something that definitely affected him because, you know, how like, you know, like this is a guy who obviously, you know, loved and cared for his father. Right. You know, it affected him, affected his mother. Right. And he had and he really hasn't come to terms with that. And now with himself as a father. Right. Being not there for his kid. Right. I feel like he's also falling into that trap of, you know, fearing that he's going to be a bad dad. Right. And this scene all really like this, all this emotional stuff pops up with this theme of, you know, specifically one character. Um, okay, so you and I both watched Downton Abbey, right? Yeah. So there's a character of Barrow, right? The, 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 the yeah. butler. Right. Barrow's like me, an asshole, right? Exactly. Barrow to me has always been an asshole. Right. But my brother uh, effectively goes like, listen, you got to wait because Barrow is a guy who gets better. It's like he needs to he needs you need to watch him and that he has to learn. Right. Um, Barrow. And, and, and he reaches that point. Jamie Tart got there a lot quicker because essentially we, we see what makes Jamie Tart Jamie Tart. He has a horrible freaking dad. Right. That nobody knew. Yeah, it's something like we knew that, that his dad was kind of messed up because it's like um, in the, the season finale, his dad like sort of smacked him up for 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 not taking the shot for 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 not being for passing it. Yeah, for passing and it. Ted, and, then, and Ted had seen it. Yeah, Ted saw it. And it's something that he was like, God damn. Right. You know, right. Jamie's back. Um, you know, he his dad wanted tickets. His dad's not even there supporting him. He's supporting his team, Manchester, uh, Man City. Man City, oh, that, that match was just heartbreaking, right? Man City just destroys them, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, it's, it's uh, there's this uh, specific match I always go back to. It's seven years old now. It's uh, Brazil v. Germany semifinals um, in the 2014 uh, FIFA World Cup. I go back to it consistently because it's a game where Germany, I think it's 6-1 or 5-1 to Brazil in Rio de Janeiro. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. This was, whoa! This that one was like whoa! They they took the Brazilians to school in their own, in their own place. That, yeah, like that was devastating. You you're watching Brazilians cry. Yeah, right. Yeah, that yeah. that was that was not good for them. And the Brazil team had great players. You know, uh, you know Neymar is 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 quickly becoming one of the best players out there. So, um, but like watching that brought me those vibes, right? Where it's like, holy crap, like this was like a, a devastating defeat. Uh, there's more stuff that happened in the episode apart from like, you know, sort of the daddy issues and, you know, Jamie Tart, uh, you know, like, like the ending where Jamie Tart just like explodes on his dad in that quick little burst, right? That was great, right? Uh, but the, the response from Roy Kent. Yeah. That yes. was something else. That was, I'm, First of all, I you know, if you look at the the faces of all the characters, they realize like Jamie Tart has had a fucking hard life. Yeah, I mean dealing with that shit of a father. Yeah, I mean he like uh, he Jamie Tart is a great player, right? He's, right. He's a truly great player. He's going to be like the next great, right? But the problem is. Is that his father? Yeah, it's that like you know yeah it's like he self sabotaged right like they they talked about it like he he did the the whole Man City thing because of his dad like like the the like he left Man yeah. City and did that weird freaking you know um, because of his father yeah because of his dad he did that reality show because of his father he like he he's he he self sabotages because of negative influences right and 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 Ted saw that. It hurt Ted because he doesn't want to be that type of person. And he feels like he's becoming that type of person, right? Be being neglectful to his kid because he's so far away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Like yeah. Ted's goal has to be to to do the impossible to get this team, you know, not just like out of relegation, but into, you know, like the Premier League and then winning it all. But once he does that, he does. He has to realize that his his journey at Richmond is over, and he has to go yeah. back home. Yeah. Right. And there's, I mean, if he does that, that big upset, I mean, I bet, I bet like there's a couple of ways to do it, right? You could go back and go like, Hey, listen, we want, you know, it's like, it's like he goes to the American league and does the American league football or as, as I think it like, just like go full fantasy and have like, you know, like uh, the American football association, like get him goes like, yo, we want you to do the American team for FIFA. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like I mean, that's definitely like when FIFA comes around, that's when the United States starts pay- paying attention to soccer again. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I have no doubt that yeah, that you, you could do that. Uh, there was supposed to be a World Cup, I think, this year, wasn't there? No, uh, um, 2019, no, 2022, there's supposed to be a World Cup. Yeah, so next year. Yeah. Uh, Qatar, which I believe is, people are, a lot of people are going to boycott or, or not really watch. Who knows what it is? I mean, World Cups and political alliance, you know, political allegiances sort of fall apart very, very quickly when it comes to that sort of thing. But that being said, um, Great episode. One final thing I want to touch on in the episode, and I want to ask you this. What do you think about the culmination of, like, that will they, won't they, who is the, the, the texting thing between uh, Sam Obasanya and... Um, um, Rebecca. Rebecca Walden, yeah. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I, was, I was actually expecting it to be, like, at the end of the season almost, right? Mm-hmm. But so, um, so it's interesting that um, they actually, you know, met up, found out who they each were. I thought it was, it was I think, I thought it was well done, I, you know, um, where they're both uh, meet up at the restaurant thinking that they're meeting somebody else until it's like about the, yeah. 
Yeah. And then Rebecca's like, no, 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 we can't do this. I'm He's your like, oh boss. My, like, yeah. this is not, you what, know. you're like 24? I'm 21. Oh, my God, you're a child. I've been grooming you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it was just like, oh, gosh. Yeah, but then, you know, in the end, I'm just like, yo, if, if a guy can do it, Rebecca, you get yours, man. Just do what yeah, you want. Yeah, exa- <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, like Way to go, Rebecca. Yeah, do what you do, man. Get yourself a nice uh, young piece of thing I, and feel yeah. good. Man. Just enjoy yourself. Right. Um, but here's the thing is she didn't know it was him, right? Like she connected on a much on an intellectual level before it was, before she realized it was one of her young players. But I thought that, I thought it was funny because, because I, was it last episode where we're like, oh my God, it's, that's when we knew it was, they were texting each other and one episode later they meet. So I thought it was done. I, I I was really expecting it to be possibly one of the you know the cliffhangers for season three, but I'm glad that they did it because you know what? Now you see, okay, they're it's gonna be interesting because you know I think she's going to try to. I think she's got a lot more hangups. Absolutely, right? And it, it's, and I think those whole... hangups are gonna. Yeah, we. I really want to see where it goes, but finally, you know, you know, we're gonna see how this this pushes forward, and I think that we're gonna definitely see more. Uh, <laughs> definitely see a lot more interesting stuff applied. But, you uh, know, though, Chris, I have to say, I didn't really see a difference in the haircut. <laughs> okay, so I mean, he he had a slight difference. He, he the, the haircut scene was amazing. I mean, the the whole thing that Isaac is like a, a master with the clippers, right? And everyone. And you're only allowed it. one. He'll do one haircut for you within the season, so choose it wisely. Yeah, right. Uh, all of them making jokes of when they're going to get it, and that you know Isaac, like Isaac, is always one of those interesting characters. And what I think I like, what I really like about the show is that everyone's been given their their time to shine. Right in the first episode, yeah. we got you know great sort of um, funny um, moments with um, with Danny Rojas with. Uh, uh, and then we got, you know, our Roy Kent episode, you know, uh, Sam mm-hmm. Obasanya episode. Like, we're getting really good stuff. I'm always liking the sort of, like, background Jan Moss, the uh, the Dutch player, <laughs> right? Yeah. And just his, his like, lack of social cues. It. Like, he's, he's like he's like an autistic child with, with lack of social <laughs> cues, right? But he's it's like, it's not that. He's just Dutch, <laughs> right? Right. It's just like, I don't get it. It's yeah, just it's like, a haircut. It's just a haircut, guys. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like, like, God damn it, Jan Moss, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, stop it. Like, what's wrong? with you yeah it's, it, it, but he's just being dutch he's not being rude he's just being dutch <laughs> right <laughs> Sorry, it, 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 it is funny yeah. so um last week we saw you know like nate's another i think complicated character yeah okay um we saw I, you know a lot of it is his he, he's never gotten and he's never gotten like approval i feel from his father, his father's always looks at him as you know oh, a loser, father, not good enough. Father issues, daddy issues, again? <laughs> yeah, again. Holy crap! I think we might right? find the theme, and, right? And you know, and and we saw the you know um, he's like because you know this was the episode right after he was he was called the Wonder Kid, uh, Wonder Kind, and uh, he you know at the end you know, the the players had gotten him a T-shirt with Wonder Kid, and it was through um who had done it spearheaded it it was the locker boy what is his name chris uh will yeah well will had spearheaded getting you know a t-shirt with you know at the back of it wonder kid and i thought you know that was very sweet uh nate liked it and then nate read a 
read a text, right? Of, oh, it, this was just the one time. Let's see if he'll do it again. Like, he's not a wonder kid, right? Yeah, and just like he's still pretty crap or whatever. And, yeah, and he took it very still, poorly. Yeah. He, he took it very poorly and he, you know, like just like ripped unnecessarily will a new one right and you can see like will is like devastated like he's doing what his father has done and um so the reason why i bring this up is because you know um when um jamie todd jamie todd his father had um come into the locker room right and he's talking all this bs and bullshit and then he's like get my boys in onto the onto the field because they want to take pictures. Like, first of all, you disrespected your son. You disrespected his team. You disrespected the fans. You came into their area and now you want your son to pull, give you favors. And, and then he said no. And, you know, his father um, went at it with him and, um, you know, and um, Jimmy popped him one in the nose. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. But did you see Nate's face? No, I didn't actually. So, watch that episode again, or that section, right? Because everybody's just like, what the hell is going on? You know, uh, Roy Kent, his character is like, it's it's almost like a, a drop, like, I get why he's this. This is, a, this is a man who is hurting, right? Yeah, he's just and being messed with all the time by his freaking he, dad. By, by his freaking dad. And it's that's you know one of the reasons why he self sabotages himself so much, and he's such a prick, right? Yeah. Like be a prick to other people, but don't be a prick to your teammates. But he's a prick to his teammates too, and that's not the way it works, right? And um, so and everybody and I could tell like you know, Ted was just like taking Ellen, and he, you know, he see you know it's. He was very close to his father, and then he see you know what it's going on with um, with um, Jamie, and uh, I think he just couldn't process it. Like he had to get out of there, right? I thought yeah. Beard was really well when he's like, "Here, let me see you at the door. Don't hit, don't yeah. hit yourself on the way out." And then he, you know, just rams him right into the door. Oh, did you hit yourself? Yeah, I thought does, that was really good, that, right? Uh, he does that as I call it the, the the cop don't hurt you, don't hit yourself on the car door thing, and yeah. then smacks it anyway. <laughs> Right. And, um, you know, but Nate, you can see Nate, you should um, look at that again, because Nate had that look in his, in his like, you know, very, I think he can relate to what Jamie's going through, because even though his father isn't like abusive the way Jamie's is, he's still abusive. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Right. Like um, Jamie's is more ugly and upfront. Right. Whereas... I, Nate is very subtle and he's very negative. It's like constantly taking the, rather than praising and saying, good job, you know. The person who has the best dad is Sam. Yeah, I mean, Sam's dad very much like appraises him for his, for his, you know, changing, admonishes him when he's being, in his opinion, like wrong, right? And of course, it, you know, it's all subjective. Right, his his father definitely brought him up in that whole Sethereum oil situation. Something that yeah. I thought there would be more consequence to. I'm surprised that we didn't get that. Well, no, because remember their new sponsor is Banter. Oh yeah, and I mean they got a new sponsor. 
right? Uh, right. So, <laughs> so they didn't have the consequence because she was able to go out and get a new sponsor, or Kybie was. We're not sure who, but exactly. somebody did. Yeah, and yeah, and and what can I say? Like, uh, like Juno Temple's character, like, is definitely like a really good asset for the team for this, you know, sort of stuff, like getting people to either get paid or um, I remember the other aspect, which was. Uh, um like just like she, uh the, the episode started off with her going like hey we want um uh i need someone to help me out with something right like i need a coach to do like some sort of this thing and we're gonna do it like that and and of course uh, that that funny thing where beard and like uh, um and roy kent are just looking at her silently and she goes all right screw you guys i'm out <laughs> and then they're like i'm just happy that she understands us <laughs> right <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> And then Nate comes in and says, hey, I'm going to be doing da 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 for yeah. a coach. And they're like... Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. Yeah. She, he can take them because <laughs> they just don't want to deal with it. But, yeah, um, definitely take a look at that um, because you can see... And so, I and the reason why I bring that up is because Nate needs to change, Right. And something's got to, and you know, and Coach, you know, Ted, because Coach Beard's already seen it yeah. and said that's not that's not cool, and he took care of it, right? Yeah. But obviously, he didn't because they don't understand the underlying issue is the dad. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something so that I they're think, all gonna have to come come to terms with is that you know, yeah, daddy issues but, are the the name of the game in this. Right, this season, this season. And I think, you know, Ted is going to have to be the one to do it. Yeah. Right? So I, I'm i waiting for, you know, what they're going to do with Nate. Because something does need to be done. And that brings us to episode 8 of Ted Lasso. <laughs> um, and uh, let's uh, shift to, pivot to um, the Green Knight. Yeah. So it's a movie that's uh, recently released. Yeah. Um, it's based on Arthurian legend, and I feel like it was like crazy. It is, it is not a movie for everyone. Uh, no, it's not. Absolutely. Yeah. This I spent most of the movie saying what? Yeah. This I movie. Understand. Yeah. What can I say? I enjoyed it for what it was, but this is not a movie for everyone. It is a. It's 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 less of a movie, more of an experience. Uh, um, there's some parts of it I liked. There's some parts that I didn't. There's like the general metaphor of it, which, which I I'm okay with. But like this is like one of those visually weird, you know, you know things that people watch, right? It doesn't really have in it, like like it's one of those movies that it's very 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 light on you know some aspects of dialogue or or other things it's more about the the experience around it right the, the feeling around it right and then like the, the weird visuals that go around it but fundamentally uh starting from the beginning it's a story about and i'm going to say this because there's a million different ways to say it apparently uh gwayne gawain garwin gawain <laughs> whoever whatever however you say his name all right. Yeah. Uh, because they, they, they not only do they say his name a couple of different ways in the, in the thing, like uh, different actors will say his name differently. Like King Arthur in this, just known as the king, because other than uh, Garwin, uh, he, the only person who is named is 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 Garwin. Everyone else is doesn't really have a name. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's about it's an Arthurian legend and it's about the nephew of the king. Um, 
uh, Gowan, who is, you know, not really done anything with his life, right? He's sort of an idiot. Um, and, you know, the king essentially, you know, during the Christmas time, the king invites him, uh, like he goes to the king's, you know, yuletide ceremony and everything. And then uh, while there, uh, you know, the king goes, like, I want to get closer to my, my nephew, right? Mainly mm-hmm. because, you know, the, the king and his wife are very, very, and the queen are very, very sickly in this, right? There's a certain segment of rot as an aspect of, to this movie, right? Where yeah. things are rotting, where nature is taking over, where things are falling apart. And yeah, the, 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 the great king it can't even lift his sword anymore. He's so weak. Yeah. Right. Um, like you know, the, the the king is falling ill. Like he is sickly. This is like the the the, the end, right? Like the the legends of the the boy who pulled sword from stone is is one great tale. But this is the story of someone else who the the story is really trying to go like: Is this man lesser, lesser than the greatness around him, right? Than the lineage of greatness that he belongs to, and he must go on to essentially a quest. After on this you know Christmas Day, the Green Knight shows up. And, you know, challenges, you know, someone to land a blow on him in return with ever below is landed on him. He shall return in one year's time. Right. And fundamentally, this is supposed to be a game. But because Gwen is, you know, hot headed, foolhardy, doesn't really have anything interesting. He wants to show himself and prove himself. The Green Knight, you know, in a supplicating gesture, you know, no weapon in hand. Um, what's uh Gawain just cuts his head off. Yeah. Right? And for that, right? And then, you know, the Green Knight gets up, grabs his head, and says, all right, see you in a year. Does that headless horseman laughing as he rides away thing. And everyone cheers, wow, he slayed the Green Knight, whatever. And then Gawain gets his little bit of a, a little no- notoriety in legend. Uh, the year quickly passes. And now he must go to the Green Chapel to face the Green Knight and take the equivalent blow that he gave. Mm-hmm. Um, so his mother, just his mother, uh, in this case, very, very clearly Morgana because she does some weird magic stuff. Yeah. Uh, his mother um, gives him a, a, a belt, a, a green belt, and says, wear it, you wear it, you will be protected. Go on your quest, come back. Um, as... Because of the nature of the film, right? It's very clear that his mother, who is Morgana in this case, yeah, um, is the one who summoned the Green Knight against him. It's quite possible that she is the Green Knight. It's quite possible that a character that he meets far later is the Green Knight. Uh, the Green Knight is being someone that he knows, right? But the Green Knight more or less represents like this, this inevitability that he has to face. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, he goes on to his journey, and one. Cl- key event happens and this i think is where i think the movie will uh where the theories start will arise in the film specifically he meets uh, um, a scavenger on a battlefield whom uh gives him information um and then later attacks and robs him yeah right mm-hmm. in attacking and robbing him he uh <laughs> rather effectively uh uh takes off his belt, you know, takes his green axe, st- runs away, and then we have this weird scene where the camera pans around while he's tied up, and you see him in uh, as a skeleton, right? Like, yeah. You know, um, and my interpretation of that is that from there on out in the movie, uh, Gwen died. 
Okay. Right? That he's dead. And, like, the rest of his journey is, like, essentially his journey into, like, the other world. Right? So I didn't think of it as that. I, I said that. <laughs> because it gets weird from there on out. Yeah, it does. But, it, Chris, it was weird to begin with. Yeah, I mean, the Green Knight was the it's definition of the like... weird thing. But, like, it, like, like the Green Knight is, like, that thing, right? It's, like, he's that, that... We know magic exists because we see, like, you know, Merlin show up, you know, very, very quickly. And he's just like, what's up? Right? I missed Merlin then. Uh, he, he's very, very quick. He doesn't have any dialogue, right? He's just... You see an old, like, almost, like, Celtic-looking wizard-type guy with face okay. tattoos. Right, who has like like I think there's scenes whenever you see red, it's supposed to represent like you know magic, but like unpure, unclean magic, and green yeah. is supposed to represent, of course, nature and, and life and rot and all that sort of thing, right? Um, right. You know, green also has uh, another connotation, which is um, you know un un. Uh, I'm trying to think of the the correct terminology here. Not unskilled, but without experience, un inexperienced. Mm. You know, to be I think green, green also the color green also. Um, there is there is connotations of you know superstition or un, un otherworldly as well yeah very much so and um but yeah like after his after like the the camera pans around you see the skeleton you see him again right he gets out he cuts his way through he runs to the forest until he finds uh a cabin where he does his first trial mm -hmm. right and in his first trial he had, uh, what's it called? Like that weird ghostly scene, right? Uh, the actress yeah. who was in, uh, who was in, uh, talking to in... the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she, uh, like she, 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 she speaks of like, you know, like she needs her head and St. Winifred is an actual saint who essentially wanted to become a, a nun. And then her husband, uh, or her betrothed chopped her head off. Right. So he gets, uh, he brings her head back. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, it's, I, I get it, you know, the, the trials and tribulations he went through, yeah. right? Until but he failed he the trial. Him. Yeah. Right? Like, he failed the trial. Like, that first trial to bring her head back, he failed. Uh, I would argue that he failed because he asked, what do I get in return? Right? He's like, are you not a knight, right? That's the question. Like, he comes there as a knight. Yeah. And he asks for, what do I get in return for doing this sort of thing? That's the first failure that he does, like this this aspect of failure in his in his chivalrous ways that he does not effectively bring out. I, but I don't think thing is, Chris. All along, he like fails in his quest. Exactly, every single time. That's the thing that you're going to see is very thematically. He continually fails. Right? Yeah. Uh, he will. He continually fails in all aspects. And so the issue that arises is that okay, he's failed. He's not really successful uh in in his thing so like the first thing is that he failed that way he failed in chivalry the mm -hmm. second test uh that he comes to later uh uh i mean after he gets a little fox companion uh which in my opinion i believe that's his mother um do you because that fox didn't really help him a whole lot like the no. fox ran away i know the fox ran away but the fox told him don't go right <laughs> the fox told, at the end was like yo man stop it's like, no one will think any less of you. Bear your shame with pride. Uh, you don't want to go further. If you truly knew what you were facing, you would flee. Yeah. Right? And what he's facing is death, right? You know, the inevit inevitability of death, right? The fact that he will fail. The fact that, that, that no matter how hard he tries, death is coming for him. Whether he's a great king or not. And we'll get into that later. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but the next step that occurs is that uh, he has a trial. Um, you know, like after you know he helps Saint Winifred out, he gets uh, his green axe back. Uh, yeah. He continues forward. I believe he sees like the the giants. I never, I didn't quite understand what the hell that scene was a, was was on about at all. Um, that weird with the giants. That, yeah, with the with the female giants. Uh, yeah, that that threw me for a definite loop. Uh, no idea what the hell it was about. Dude, I felt like I had taken something, uh, some hallucinogenic, that I didn't understand anything. Okay, so I can't even help you. I had such a hard time following this movie. Yeah, this movie completely. Is like, it's like a, it's like a mushroom <coughs> trip. Yeah, um, it is. It's, <laughs> and I don't get it. I didn't get it. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, eventually, he finds a large castle. Uh, where there, the, the the lord of the castle, simply known as the lord, and his lady host him, uh, waiting for him to get to the to the green chapel which is not too far away there they propose a game of game of winnings whatever the lord gets on his hunts while he is hunting during the christmas season right he will give the best to gowan and then the worst as uh, and then in turn uh gowan has to give whatever he uh obtains at uh during his time when he's hunting when uh the lord is hunting right um and so you know what can i say uh, one of the things that um, that happens is that the lady looks like uh, somebody who uh, is very close to Gawain already, right? Yeah. And it's sort of like his way around his his own his his own sort of issues in that like he obviously cares for this person, but because she's not noble, he he can't be with her, right? Yeah. Um. And so, yeah. The 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 overall um, the way this the, the the story moves from there is essentially you know the lady offers him a gift. To which, you know, he gives her a kiss in return because that's what she asks for, right? Yeah. Uh, then she offers him uh, the green belt, which she has made uh, herself, right? Which will protect But him. wasn't the green belt given by his mother? Yes, it was. So she made him a new green belt? Essentially. Uh, she gives him the green belt. It looked belt. like the same belt. It, it, it practically is exactly the same belt. That's why I think it's, you know, it's, it's just like underworld, under, you know, like afterlife sort of test, right? Um, he gets, he grabs the green belt, but, um, essentially it's just like a metaphor for sex where, where he literally just also ejaculates, right? It's kind of gross. Uh, you see it. It's kind of weird. Um, no idea why it's in the movie. Uh, I guess that's sort of a thing now where, you know, people are ejaculating all over the place. Uh, okay, I've seen that. I've seen that, I, I've seen that in a couple of different movies now. It's kind of, it's, it's getting like kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, and he takes the, the belt, which and of course, by obtaining the belt in the way that he did, right? Um, by, um, in effect, being, uh, you know, sharing in the infidelity with the Lord's wife, he's failed his another test. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, he takes the belt, blah blah blah. He he finally he 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 goes to the Green Chapel. Uh, there, you know, he, uh, and I don't know if you noticed this, but when he's waiting there in the night before the, uh, um before the uh the green knight is to awaken right uh in the morning the green knight's face changes yeah it changes to his mother's to king uh to king arthur to um the the woman he loves to um uh the lord and then eventually uh 
like it just it fades back right I, I think it to himself right like the green uh, the green knight is is like sort of this weird sort of taunting thing where it's all these things that are facing him all the his failures coming coming to pass right yeah and then uh yeah the green knight gets up and then uh Gawain flinches right like when it's time to to, to receive what he gave yeah um what's it called he he flinches uh he he right away like sort of like breaks his oath and his honor by by in in, in his own effect uh, uh running away because he's a coward he doesn't yeah. want to die you know he shows his cowardice um and then as he leaves you know he still wears the belt and we get this around eight minute long segment <laughs> right right Where... of everything that's happening he goes back to the castle yeah. he he becomes the king arthur names him king he becomes the king he has a child he takes it away from the mother yeah the child dies in battle he's, and he's a horrible 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 king mm-hmm. all right that's what essentially he becomes what it's what's learned is that he's not a good king he you know he leads the the kingdom eventually into ruin his family leaves him right his new wife to be leaves him he you know he doesn't really have anything left and then at the end he pulls the belt off which he never took off because he's still yeah. a coward right um he pulls the belt belt off his head comes off and then it goes back to him it was just like sort of his imagination of what he would become he pulled like a vision of things to come he pulls the belt off and says all right let me take the blow to which the green knight says all right you know, like he, you like just does his little things, puts his finger around his neck, says "off with your head," and the the movie ends. Right, that is like the full synopsis of the thing. Uh, I say this because even with me telling you that, you will not see it in its entirety for how insane how insane it is. Yeah, it's it is extremely insane, um, and I still, I, I mean, I, st I even at the end of that scene, I was like, huh? So. He lives. <laughs> Does he live? Does he die? Fundamentally, it's about the fact that, you know... Does he they... become the Green Knight? No, no. The heir to King Arthur is unworthy. Gwen never, ever reached a position of worthiness. He failed every test that he did. All of his oaths... But Chris, in and... failing those tests, did he not learn to be... Sure. Did he not learn to be better? Or will he always become just a bad king? Well, Does he live? Does well, he no, he became a bad king because he thought he was impervious, right? By taking off the belt, yeah. he says, I am ready to accept what I had promised, yeah. which well, was to come yeah. here and allow you, right? So, and the Green Knight, seeing this, says, now, now you have honor. Yeah, but he also says, off with your head. Now, something right. the movie that uh, doesn't do because he has to do that, do yeah. right because he has to. His whole thing was, um, what is it? In a year and a day, you have to come to me, and I will take what you took from me. Yeah, exactly. Right, um, and he did. He did, like you know, figuratively, off with your head take his head even though he actually didn't yeah so in the so the director had come out and said very very simply that there was a more clear ending he does lose his head but they just cut it early because they felt it was a little too definitive and they wanted to leave it up to the audience eventually okay. um whether he lives or dies is immaterial to me 
yeah. he 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 failed his tests. He 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 wouldn't be a good king, even if he does return and becomes a king. Maybe he learns from his mistakes. Maybe he doesn't, right? But like throughout the film, if that was his final like moment, right? Like right. if his final moment was truly coming to this coming to terms with the fact that yeah, I'd be a bad king. He pulls off the belt. I'm ready to die. Right. Right. Perhaps he perhaps he gets that. Perhaps he doesn't. Maybe he always maybe he's been dead the whole time and this is his final sort of like test in the you know, in the afterlife, right? To see whether or not he's worthy at all. Right? Whatever it may be. Movie's confusing. Movie's up to de- uh, you know, to debate and uh, all kinds of different weird things. I um it is surprising to me. Just like how like I, Weird it, it's goes. interesting, right? Because Gwen um, in the Arthurian legends is it's considered to be the bravest and most chivalrous of knights. Exactly. Uh, so the the thing that this is based off is like you know a 14th century poem or something like that. Right. Right. And right. and it fundamentally just comes down to yeah yeah um, it's just hard to be a chivalrous knight. That's all it is. Like he fails in that a bunch of times as well. And the whole point is to, it's just hard to be chivalrous. Right, mm-hmm. it's not easy be sh- being chivalrous, you know. And um, the the point uh, in the the poem itself at the end, he just gets a nick on the neck because he's still wearing that belt. And the Green Knight goes like, "Come on, bro, you're better than that." Just gives him a nick on the belt uh, on the neck, going like, "You came this far, you were willing to do it, but you're still wearing the belt. Come on, man, be better." Right? That's essentially what it is. Uh, he just gets a little nick on the neck and says, "All right, go go on your way, learn to be better." And then Gwen does become better. That could be the similar ending of how the, uh, of 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 how the, uh, uh, how the story plays out as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that being said, right. Uh, I'm unsure, and the movie is left open ended for that specific reason. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> It was very, it was very difficult for me. And, you know, if, if one is expecting a really fast pacing move, no, you have to really pay attention. This is not one of those movies that, you know, you don't, you watch with, you know, while you're, while you're on your laptop or something like that. Yeah, it no, just no. Is, this that's movie requires your attention. Yeah. It's very weird. It's not for everybody. No, and it's if you're not. not into it, I don't blame you, man. It is what it is. Um, yeah. um, what can I say? I thought it was good. If I were to give it like a number rating, this is like, you know, like a, this really is like a seven out of 10 movie, like where it's good, but it's like people really going to have to, you know, like people, like, you really have to like get into this. You really have to be into this for, for you to even enjoy it. Um, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I can't even give it a rating because I just, yeah, you're just like all over the place. It's like, what is this? Yeah, <laughs> here's the thing: is I'm a fan of the Arthurian legends. I've seen numerous movies about the Arthurian legends, right? But I have to say, by far, this is one I was just like, I have no, I don't, I don't poems? understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I said to Bones, "I don't understand. What am I missing? Help me here. Yeah, I don't yeah. understand." And I hate watching a movie like that. Yeah, and it, this is one of those movies that you, you gotta really look at it like through and through. But yeah, it, 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 what can I say? It's a movie not meant for everyone. I don't blame everyone for not liking it. It's just what it is, right? 
Yep, just what it is. And that takes us to our third review. Um, and our third review is Snake Eyes. The yes. new uh, G.I. Joe origin story. Uh, yeah, G.I. Joe origins, Snake Eyes. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with, you know, um, I started watching it. And uh, I think about 10 minutes in, I was just like, this is it. the movie did not take me in at all. And um, I was telling Chris, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, this, and I think this guy's going to be this, da, 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 and I don't know if I can watch anymore. And Chris is like, really? Well, what point were you at? What, what scene did you stop at? And I told him, and he's like, no, you need to go back and watch it. <laughs> you just did not give it a chance. And that's exactly what I did. I went and watched it. Yeah, you were practically at the beginning. And, um, but uh, yeah, you, you got through it. And uh, the thing that I said is like the movie is like Snake Eyes, though he's the main character of the movie, he is not the best character. Uh, the yeah. best character in the movie is easily Storm Shadow. Yes. And Storm uh, Shadow is his counterpart. Yeah, and he killed it in that movie. I mean, this was like, in terms of a film, this is like as simple as it gets. It's just popcorn fare. It's a G.I. Joe film. Yes, it's the best G.I. Joe film, but, you know, that's not actually a freaking, you know, that's that's damning it with, you know, with, with faint praise, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm in defense of the movie. I, I think you have to push through it. It actually was, uh, like you said, it's not... It's the best of the G.I. Joe movies, and yeah. that does not saying a whole lot. But, um, yeah, it was decent. It wasn't as... Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it wasn't, um, you know, I, it, it wasn't uh, something that I... Um, I ended up enjoying it, actually. Yeah, the beginning um, is not too strong. Um, it Henry isn't. Golding is not the... Unfortunately, Henry Golding's acting, accent um, like sort of fails like a couple of times in the movie. Yeah, you do catch a you catch catch his British accent coming through. Yeah, he his 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 yeah his 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 accent sort of just falls apart uh, every once in a while. But Andrew Koji, who's another English actor, right? Uh, like he kills it. Yeah. Like he like he kills it the entire time. He stays in thing. You see what makes Storm Shadow like what he is. You see why Storm Shadow is like filled with like the anger and the vengeance that he does that ending where he like rages out on everyone i was like yeah man <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> yeah I like, yeah i agree with you like what the hell <laughs> yeah 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 so like, you're not some ass you know you're not some weirdo i get it yeah and it's funny it was because you know um bones is not a is not familiar with gi joe and we've talked about it i mean i've watched gi joe when i was younger and stuff. So I'm familiar with the with the characters, and I was funny because I was like, okay, so they're they're the yin and yang of each other, and it's actually the opposite. The one in white is actually the baddie, and the guy <laughs> in yeah. black is the good guy, right? Yeah. And it was funny was because uh, uh, Storm Shadow, uh, or was it Jimmy? Is his name in there? He was uh, he was. Sitting on the on the stone, waiting for Snake Eyes, and uh, Bones is like, he's wearing white. Is he the bad guy? And I'm like, this is obviously an origin story for both of them. It's not yeah. just Snake Eyes' origin story; it's Storm Shadow's origin story. Yeah, it really it really delves into like in into their perennial, you know, forever conflict and and, and how they got there and why they got there. Yeah, yeah. 
And the fact that, you know what, it was uh, Cobra. Oh, yeah. That had his father killed. Co- yeah, yeah. Co- yeah. Oh, they brought it back, Cobra. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you know me. Like, say what you want. Like, as much as like G.I. Joe, my boy is Cobra Commander. Like, that's just yeah. the way I do. <laughs> Uh, right. <laughs> right. I didn't like, you know what? I didn't like, okay, so the the character, the actress, like um, Scarlett, okay, fine. But I thought the actress that played um, Baroness was not good. Uh, well, Baroness is not really Spanish, so I didn't know, like, uh, like what they were going for there. But uh, it was what it was. I mean, she was just playing, like, this, this, like, you know, femme fatale style, you know, villain. Very, very, very simple. Yeah. But, I, I mean, overall, I think it was a really good... Um, yeah, nice was, little fun was... romp. Um, the, 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 what makes it great, in my opinion, was, like, things like, uh, you know, uh, Storm Shadow's, like, origin. Like, that really helped, um, you know, that re- like, Storm Shadow really killed it for me. Like, his, his journey, why he's angry, I agree with his rage, I agree with his anger. Uh, Tommy feeling betrayed by, by Snake Tommy, Eyes. Tommy, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, so, I didn't get that. Like, why is he feeling betrayed by him? So Snake Eyes came in, right, like, and betrayed the clan. Like, he did all this betrayal. Of the right, clan. he took, right, he took the gem, gave it to um, Kenza and Cobra. Yeah, Ken, yeah. Is it Kenza or Ken, Kenta? Kenta, Ken, Kenta yeah. sorry, Kenta, right? By, he gave it to Kenta, who obviously used it, what wielded it, uh, you know, to kill which is what you're not supposed to do. I mean, the client is supposed to protect, and he obviously didn't. And uh, the reason why uh, Tommy was cut is because he used it as well. He didn't mm-hmm. use it to protect. He used it. Uh, and you're not supposed to wield the stone. Yeah, they're the, not the, allowed to the, use the, it at all. You're not, because yeah. it corrupts, right? You use it, you feel the power, you're going to get corrupted. Yeah, but... There's a reason I, why like behind he it. Used it. Yeah, I mean, he used it and then right away gave it up. No, but you you saw the conflict in him too, though, Chris, when he was giving it up. It was like, I don't want to. and But his grandmother is so strong. It was yeah. like he gave it to her, but he didn't give it immediately. I know. But his reason for using it makes perfect sense. Because in every moment throughout the film, right? In every moment yeah. throughout the film, he loses to Kenta. Yeah. Yeah. Right? He doesn't win. Like, Kenta beats him. Every single time in this movie, Kenta is just a better fighter. There's no way that he can beat Kenta, right? He tries, he sees, but he can't, right? He has to use the only power that he is in his availability, right? The reason why he used it was in protection of his clan, right? It's something yeah. that he had available, something that he never used before, but, you know, with Kenta using it, there was no, he felt there was no recourse. Because he used it, he was denied his heritage, his birthright, in his opinion. Right, something mm-hmm. that he has given his entire life for, right? His rage at it, the fact that Snake Eyes, who did betray them, who 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 took the stone in the first place, is still among them and not executed for the fact that he, you know, what he did was what the hell, bro, you know? Like, let's not yeah. forget, he did take the stone, he did give it to Kenta. Kenta then uses it to murk every single person, like like almost everyone inside that. Snake Eyes is responsible, and they pretend yeah. like nothing happened. Right. No, no, I agree with you. Yeah. And like, he's That's not. Yeah. That's his rage. Yeah. He goes like you, like he brought this man in out of, out of loyalty and honor. This yeah. man betrayed his trust. Right. And then on top of that, right. On top of that, he's let to stay. Right. And, but he, but he's like, and Tommy. He's disinterested. Yeah. He's disinterested. Yeah. Yeah. He's deserted by all those around him. Mm-hmm. Right. His rage shows at the end. Right? He, right, that he's given everything, and he goes like, "No, I'm done. 
everything I did in my entire life was for this clan. He pulls his yeah. ring off. He says, I'm out. Right? Yeah. It's, it's like I've done every Like he's given up his life for, for this purpose, for this, this journey. And yeah. what can I say? I understand his vengeance. I understand his rage. I understand how Snake Eyes did it. Now, in the, the, the lore coming up, because this is one of the, like Snake Eyes, Storm Shadow has been like the most interesting part of the G.I. Joe lore forever. Right? Uh, Storm Shadow will later kill, I think, Blind Master or Hard Master. Yeah. Right? And that will, like, f- uh, and then, you know, of course, um, uh, not Snake Storm Shadow will eventually kill Blind Master or Hard Master, and that will force Snake Eyes into his vow of silence. Yeah. Right? Uh, and then, you know, the, the, the vengeance between the two. The reality is, is none of that ever happened. <laughs> right? Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. Uh, you know, like, Storm Shadow did, did not do that. That was not him. Like, he, yeah. he, he's not going to kill any of those guys. He only wants to kill one person, right? Which is the man who betrayed him in the first place, you know, in this case. Right. You know, uh, Snake, Snake Eyes. Guys. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but what can I say? Storm Shadow, the Storm Shadow Snake Eyes things was, like, the best part of, like, the original sort of, like, G.I. Joe movies. And with an focus on that this time, we're really seeing, like, the, like you know, that cool stuff. I, Andrew, I want, I want a, just a Snake Eyes, uh, sorry, a, a Storm Shadow film, uh, right? Um, yeah, I would like too. His, I agree with you. Like he's such an interesting sword, character. Yeah, his yeah. double sword, like, weird pose that he does where he gets out. It's like, holy crap, man, you're pretty baller at this, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and the fact that he could actually, you know, like, he's a martial artist. He can actually preach what he shows. Yeah. You know, I'm. Uh, it's one of those. Very, uh, I'm. I, I'm very excited by. Um, by it in general, and so like uh, this movie didn't do too well. Of course, pandemic issues uh, being what they are. Um, you know, so what can I say? But I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, Me too. So, can I, do you think that um, that studios are are you know baking that in? That if it was actually how much they could have expected, um, a little bit. Like storm, like Snake Eyes is always going to be one of those things that was going to either be very, very like either going to be successful Transformer style or like unsuccessful. Um, yeah. But like I'm not saying I'm saying hey you guys you guys have something here Andrew Koji really is. Like he's really he really is a powerhouse. He can he can do it but he can do it all man he can do the acting and he can do the the, the physical work as well. Right, like right. Andrew Koji is one of those weird guys where it's like uh, when he's wearing glasses and has that beard, like you look like a white guy, bro. <laughs> right, and then right, he, right. like he shaves and you see his eyes, like oh no no, you're you're obviously Asian, <laughs> right? Yeah yeah yeah. Uh, but it's like like he he's a great little chameleon that he can do that. Uh, he's in a show called Warrior, which is like a concept made by uh, Bruce Lee back in the day, and that he's yeah. like uh, bringing out. It's a show that's really for its fight scenes and stuff. I'm gonna have to recheck it out. But yeah, I mean, Snake Eyes was so fun. Um, the, the the giant like there's a one segment with giant snakes that you know uh, people like uh, I know had to like cover their eyes because they like, sort of get like squeamish around that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but all of it was interesting. Uh, I like the whole di- dichotomy of the white snake, black snake, uh, you know, thing. The 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 aspects between the both. What Snake Eyes actually means for the character. You know, you know, being that dice roll that you know the colloquially known mm-hmm. as. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, like I, I felt like it had all of it in the right spots. And then yeah. bringing it back to, like, who who killed my father? It's like, Cobra. It's like, damn, they did it. It's like, where's the comeback? <laughs> yeah. Where's yeah, my yeah, boy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, um, what can I say? I can't wait for... Uh, and then to find out that, you know, his father was, uh, was a Joe. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, his father was a Joe. He's, like, one of those really old school Joes, like, uh, like those Gen 1 Joes, like, uh, I think it was, yeah, like, yeah, Starhawk yeah. or something like that. Um, you know, like back in the day when like all the toys needed to have special names in order for you to sell them. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, um, like for, for, for a series designed to sell toys, right, you know, and then they had to make stories around it to make it cool. The Storm Shadows um, Snake Eyes thing has always been interesting to me. Yeah. So, yeah, all in all, uh, I'm just generally very happy about uh, the entire, uh, the way the movie went out and, and the fact that you, you really, you went through with it. And I did. Saw it in full. And yeah, when I saw it in full, and yeah, it is. You have to. I think it was just. Um, you're right. I I think you know. Um, uh, Henry Golding Snake Eyes. He wasn't. He was. He was very. I I think almost flat. Right. One yeah. dimensional. Um, and you got a lot more from uh, Tommy. Uh, I you know. Uh, so I, so overall, yeah, you. I, I think even though this is supposed to be the origin story for Snake Eyes, it didn't. It ended up being really a vehicle it, for Tommy. Yeah. Yeah, it really did. It really did end up being a vehicle for, for Tommy. So it, I thought it was. Um, I mean, it was the good. movie. I mean, you like, have so to. You have to. The movie go starts it. with like just oh, Snake Eyes, Snake Eyes, Snake Eyes. But the movie ends like it's like a little post credit thing with just like yo, call me Storm Shadow. Yes. Right. Yeah. And it's just like. That's that's what it was for me. So, um, is there anything else? Uh, I I don't think there's anything else we want to hit. Um, I'm definitely thinking. Yeah, I think this is a good place uh, to, to to sort of end it. Um, I think that we definitely have sort of touched everything that we wanted to, and uh, yeah, just uh, all in all, the the three films, the the two films, and uh, that we watched, and uh, the other aspects that we saw were um incredibly interesting incredibly you know incredibly good and uh yeah just uh, all in all um effective and i'm, I'm quite uh I'm, I'm just i'm quite happy about like the sort of the content we saw this week but yeah back in full form where we're doing what we're doing large stuff talking about uh like we like we do just like the stuff that we're talking about all the time so uh yeah uh what can i say yeah so what can i say um I, I really enjoyed it, um, all of it, uh, whether it's Green Knight or uh, you know Snake Eyes or even Ted Lasso this week. I think that we got a lot of good content. Well, Ted, Ted Lasso definitely nailed it as always. Snake Eyes, yes. Um, Green Knight, um, you gotta have something while you're watching it because it's just a bit too trippy for me. <laughs> but uh, overall, you know what? The visuals for the Green Knight, amazing. Yeah, uh, it, definitely the visuals, the visuals yeah it, very it, it's amazing but i think following it was um was difficult for me um overall and i love arthurian legends and the so, stories yeah, so, so it's for not me it's on the opposite side i actually hate the arthurian legends um, oh okay i'm not a fan of like any of that arthurian stuff personally um but this one was interesting because it, it sort of really wasn't an arthurian legend by any means it was it, it it's this weird sort of like allegory for you know chivalry and how hard it is to actually be a knight and uh, the double standard and the impossibility of it right uh mm -hmm. but nevertheless uh, all all things being said you know ted lasso delivered a great episode this week green knight was visually uh, uh you know spectacular Stunning. but definitely yeah. not for everyone um hell man i'm not even sure if it was for me <laughs> right right uh and yep. then yeah a snake eyes was a, was like this weird like so surprise right definitely not it shouldn't have been as good as it was but it was because of you know andrew koji as uh tommy uh arish kage 
right? Like he, yeah. like he brought his A game. He he kept his thing. I would. It's like one of those moments when I was watching like X Men First Class. As good as like James McAvoy was, right? Yeah. Like um like, uh, Fastbender killed it as Magneto, and it made me really interested in Magneto Nazi Hunter. Just like I'm right. really interested in Storm Shadow. Um, so yeah, what can I say? Villains it's are interesting how the villain, yeah, the villains though have become a lot more interesting than the, the, the principal, right? Exactly. The primary, the principal good guy. And on that, we are, we thank you for joining us and you can't stop the what? You can't stop the signal guys. See ya. See ya. Oh, and just before we ended off a little addendum to our little thing. The Matrix 4 trailer came out on Thursday, and uh, we totally forgot about it because we were talking about everything else, but uh, we need to talk about this trailer because, goddamn. Oh my god, I can't wait. And, <laughs> Chris, you know when we were talking about it, right? Um, yesterday, I, I think you were talking about um, when you first saw it, mm-hmm. um, and how you had walked out thinking, is this all real or what, right? And I remember because I was in um, law school, I'd come visiting, or you guys were all talking about The Matrix, and I'm like, what the hell is that? And and then we then I saw the movie and I saw the movie significantly out later after you guys yeah. did and it was just groundbreaking. Oh, and then we got two and three and now we have four. four. Yeah, I mean, Resurrection. So, like the Matrix one I saw when I was very young, right? No, I like this is one of those great things about that time and period, right? Where you know someone older would sneak you into a rated R movie or something like that. And you'd want something cool, you know? And, you know, all those kids who went to RoboCop and go like, oh, my God, this is horrifying. Um, I walked into the Matrix and, you know, young me walked out just going like, yo, what is real? <laughs> right? Right, right, right. <laughs> right? And, and, but that's right. what I love. Like, the Matrix and, and Inception, uh, those two movies, I think, are great double features, right? Where yeah. it, it's, it's fundamental questions about the nature of reality and how yeah. you perceive reality. And, you know, the dream, you know, the Matrix is sometimes referred to as the dream world, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the dream of Inception and the dream and, you know, like the, the idea of what the Matrix is. All these things, I think, you know, play into this larger, like, philosophical context that we rarely get to see, right? Yeah. Um, but then when we go further, right, like something that I, I really enjoy watching, you know, is, is like, how are they going to play this up in the fourth one? And the weird things that we're seeing, and I'm seeing a lot of like, um, like functional sort of references to the first Matrix film. Yep. Right. In yeah, a very, yeah, uh, in a very weird way, and like they're trying to harken back to that. And I'm incredibly excited. I don't know. Here's the thing, though. I don't know what this movie's about. I don't know what like the nature of Neo is in this. Is this the same Thomas Anderson as before? Is this like a one of those resets they talked about, like the uh, inevitable equation that comes out of the thing? Is the architect going to show up? Is the oracle going to show up? Is um, Priyanka Chopra's character, is she the little girl from the original Matrix? Yeah, um, I'm not a fan of hers to begin with, but she's in the movie. I know. And she's got big old glasses. I'm like so disappointed. I'm like, oh my God, Ken is getting corrupted. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm excited about it. I, To be honest, I you know some trailers you see and you're like, yeah, I know what the movie is. Yeah. Right? We don't get that. No, no. With this movie, right? it's still I like know a... the content. I know the, I know the context. Yeah. I have no idea what this movie is about. I have no idea. Right. What Are we going to see Agent Smith? 
Uh, no, he's not in the movie um, because uh, scheduling conflicts, but he was down to come back. I have no doubt that they're going to. Yeah, would that be cool to have him back? Yeah. If not in this one, but the sequel. Yeah, and it, you can change the nature of what Agent Smith is. You can make him not an agent. You can make him a good guy. You can make him reformed. You can do whatever you want because the nature of what the Matrix is now is, is it through Yeah, right. And so, and how much of it being different is because of Neo? Exactly, and and what is Trinity's role in all this thing? Is where's Morpheus? You know, is that Morpheus's son? Is that a younger Morpheus? Is this? You know, like a version of the past. Is this a, you right? Know, a thing of the I hope they bring you know Lawrence Fishman back, and he's the Morpheus, and this is not so, a younger version of I Morpheus. Mean, he, although they, they're yeah, saying they said, the studios wanted a younger. Yeah, he's. Actor. They say he's not in the movie, so I'm just like, oh man, but tis what it is, right? I'm yeah, but kidding. he was part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, he was part of the 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 trilogy. Like yeah, you what, cannot ha- not have Lawrence Fishburne's. Morpheus. Yeah, yeah the, the Mor- Morpheus. Was if you could, characters. if you can bring Trinity and Neo back, you can bring the original Morpheus. Yeah, I think the weird thing was that he wasn't even asked to come back, which was strange. But right, yeah. but it, was that a studio decision? Or was that a director decision? I think it would be a studio decision. Could be. I mean, we don't like this. Is, this is one of those weird things. So, I mean, what can I say? Well, only one of the Wachowskis is is doing this now, uh, and so we'll, we'll see how this goes. But um, in terms of in terms of it all, I'm just, I, I really want to, I'm, I'm holding any sort of judgment, good or bad, because I don't know, right? And so this is a December thing, uh, we're, we're going to see, you know, we're, uh, I have no doubt I'm going to watch this in theaters, um, and then later on HBO Max, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, when I, and they're releasing it simultaneously as well, right? Yes, they are. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be doing the both, because my, I mean, I'm just, it's just... Uh, so there's a lot to distill in the imagery that we did get um, oh. in in Resurrections. And that's the name of the movie. Yeah, Matrix and Resurrections. Uh, yeah, know, Matrix and Resurrections. thing going on with the yeah. subtitles. Right, exactly. Um, and there there's a lot to distill. So you see an older, um, you know, you see an older Neo. He's back in the Matrix, right? Mm-hmm. It is the Matrix. Uh, he's living this amazing life. We don't know what happened from when he was absorbed by the machines, what the reset was. But, uh, you know, if you think about it, the end of um, the, th- the third movie, uh, the Oracle and the Architect had met, and they had said that they would see each other. Yeah. Right? Like, it was, this is not the end. Yeah. It's like, like... We have an indication, and now what does this mean? I don't think this is going to be about the larger machine war. I think this fundamentally is going to be more of a philosophical film. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I think it's a lot more... But we're still going to have the same action um, that we had, because you can't have that and it be a Matrix movie. Not at all. Yeah, you I mean, they they revolutionized the slow motion type of... In my image, I'm still seeing, and I might, I'm in my chair, and I'm, you know... Uh, waving my hands like Neo did, mm-hmm. <laughs> dodging the bullets. <laughs> like that's such an iconic scene that was, you know, that everybody just ripped off of later on, right? Like, I mean, and I anticipate the same type of groundbreaking stuff with this. Yeah. So I, I think we're still going to have a lot of um, a lot of action, but yeah, I I think we're it'll be more philosophical. Do you think? 
um, Branca Jopardy's character is going to be the little girl, or do you think she's the new Oracle? Uh, I think she's going to be the little girl, uh, who might be the new Oracle. I mean, who knows? I mean, the nature of what the Oracle is and, and all the other stuff. Um, you know, it's it, it's it, to me, it's all up in the air. And I, I, like I said, I have no answers because I don't know what is what. I don't know what is going on, how much of a sequel this is. Like, you know, like the nature of the reboot and uh, the nature of the Matrix and how it reboots itself could meet, lend itself to immense possibilities neo neo and trinity's role in this is the key you know like you know their their dyad their you know dichotomy that's i think going to be the focus who knows they might reveal that like trinity was the one the entire time right they might reveal that you know like neo and trinity can live in the same body right in the real world right or something like that like two 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 minds sharing one body that sort of thing right um like who knows what they'll do um because that sounds a bit weird yeah i mean but that's the thing right like if you take like the 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 trans um view of the original matrix films right the red pill blue pill sort of thing right which at the time represented you know hormone uh, therapy right uh in in the early uh in, in the late 90s um you know the fact that you know in the first matrix you had a character called switch who that the studio didn't quite get it and what it meant but it was about um uh switch was a character who was uh, a man on the outside, right, in the real world, but a, a woman in the Matrix, right? Right, um, right. Like, that's why they called Switch, because they switch between the two. Um, you know, like, if you take those allegories into it, you know, like, we can see, like, how they're going to play it up. I have no idea what this is going to be about. I don't know if they're going to delve deeper into, like, you know, those very Eastern Buddhist-style connections on the nature of resurrections, reincarnation, and all that sort of stuff, um, like they did originally with the Matrix. So, like, what can I say? I am, I am there's a series of unknowns and I don't know what they are. Yeah. If you haven't checked out the, uh, the, uh, the trailer do, because there's a lot of, you know, nuggets in there. And, um, if you are a true matrix fan, you will enjoy it. Yeah. Immensely. You'll, you'll see so many different things from the first matrix. And, you know, when it comes to the, the, the later sequels, you know, I, I, I was a kid when I watched them, of course, and I thought they were cool. Right, I was like, wow, this is cool, this is cool, this is cool, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, like, uh, what can I say? The, if I have only one complaint about the Matrix sequels, it's a 40-minute-long mech battle. That's about it, <laughs> right? Right, uh, right, right. That's it. It's like that 40-minute-long mech battle in the final Matrix movie. That was kind of weird, like, like longer than it should have been. Um, but that's about it. Like, you know, the philosophical undertones, the Dragon Ball Z-style fighting in the end, I loved all of that when I watched it. So, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, they the first Matrix movie was highly philosophical, but also a great action film. The other ones moved towards the action, less towards the philosophy as the time went on. But I think that this is going to bring back the Matrix into the zeitgeist and open up this universe for more storytelling. Because I don't need more stories with Neo and, and Trinity and whatever. We can have other stories about other aspects of... Um, you know, this universe of what the machines, about the people, right? Right. And and they did that in the animation. Um, yeah, the for, animatrix. The animation was, was in the animatrix, right. They, I think it was like nine different stories of other aspects of the Matrix. Yeah. And it, it, what can I say? The animatrix was great. And if you haven't seen the animatrix, that's a good animation. Um, nine small little story, short stories, small short stories that delve more into the world of the matrix. I was, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it was good. And what can I say more of that in the future? Um, but, uh, yeah, so all things considered, uh, 
yeah, that was the Matrix trailer, and uh, I, I'm, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see it in theaters. Uh, hopefully, we'll probably get another trailer that will explain the nature of what's going on. Because, you know, um, that original question back in the day, we got to ask it again. What is the Matrix? And what is this Matrix, right? Yep. Uh, so is it yeah. real? Is what it do real? we live in? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So uh, <laughs> now, thank you guys for joining us on this little bit of a PS addendum because we needed to, uh, we totally forgot about that trailer. Uh, and then we're like, as we're finishing up, we're like, oh my God, we got to go talk about it. How could we not? <laughs> right? And on that note, once again, we're going to say thank stop. you for joining us. And you can't what? You can't stop the signal, guys. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.